0: Grace to and peace from God, our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, it is said that some time ago, the famous author, Ernest Hemingway, once challenged some of his fellow authors to compose a story with the fewest words possible. In fact, um, wanting to accept his own challenge, he set a goal of writing a story in just six words. Maybe you've heard the story. It's not hard to remember. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. Now, I'm not 100% sure if that's an actual historical event but that's the story that's told about that story or those six words and just in a few simple phrases what kind of popped into your mind thoughts feelings emotions you could almost fill in a whole narrative such are the power of words and stories Starting today in Ash Wednesday and going all throughout the season of Lent, we're beginning a new series, uh, mostly on the weekends, but starting today on Ash Wednesday, entitled The Gospel in Seven Words. And what we're going to challenge and invite and encourage everyone in the St. Peter family to do is give some thought to how we would express the story of the gospel in just seven words. We gave you one extra word over Ernest Hemingway right and and here's the reason why most of you on the way in today and even earlier today our custom at St. Peter starting at the beginning of the school day is to just give ashes to anyone who wants them not everybody does there's different uh, comfort levels and traditions around this in the Christian church and it's not commanded nor forbidden in the Bible so it's something we made up and so we have freedom in around this tradition but over the last few years what I'd love to see is especially our students uh, get excited on ash wednesday and pastor randy you and i were out there and there were lines and chapel got started late because most of them maybe what 90 percent, would you guess 90 95 of the kids uh they've gotten over the worried factor about it they're familiar with it they expect it they're excited by it and so we are happy to spread ashes anywhere and everywhere now one thing i learned especially from some of our early childhood faculty early on was some of the kids are nervous about touching your face Right? And so they would say, if you want, you can have them make the sign of the cross on your, on your hands. And I think altogether this year I had two, uh, one adult and one child who wanted the hand cross. But as I thought about that, I realized, you know, if, if I've got a cross on my hand, what that does is every time I go to write something, type something, swipe something, or eat something, I see that cross, and that's then kind of meant for me. But if you think about the crosses that many of you have on your foreheads today, that's one of the few parts of your body you can't actually see yourself. And so in a sense, even a little smudge, a little cross with ashes, can also be a story in and of itself. So why would we spend this time, this season, focusing on the story of the gospel in seven words. Uh, To begin, I'd like to take us back to that reading from 1 Peter chapter 3. Here we are just a few decades maybe after Jesus' earthly life and ministry. He's returned to heaven. And Peter, one of his closest disciples, the leader, you might even say, of the apostolic band, at least initially, he says to us these words, 1 Peter 3.15. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope which you have. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope which you have. When I say those words, I'd imagine for some of you, you kind of lean in. And you say to yourself, yeah, I can get excited about that i might get ready for that. Maybe I've even thought of a few of my own words. For some of you in the room, there's like this chill that goes down your spine, right? There's like this paralysis that enters into your spirit and you're like, I don't want to ever be put on the spot because I don't want to mess it up or I don't know where I'd even start or what to say. And then for the rest of you, you're probably somewhere in between that spectrum if you could imagine that what's interesting is peter doesn't really put many conditions on this he doesn't say if you're a professional church worker or a lifelong christian or if you feel really up to it he says to all of us get ready get ready because the time will come now why is that let's take a look a little further at what he has to say Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope which you have. Hope, you may recall, is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Paul says, right, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And these fruit are the natural byproducts of the Spirit of God dwelling within you. It's also, I learned the other day, it's also the fruit of that you eat in order to continue to grow and produce more fruit. I don't know why I never thought about that. Yeah, we eat fruit. (laughs) So it's part of our diet, too. It's part of what feeds and nourishes us. And here's what's notable. This kind of hopeful living to which you have been called and which the Spirit of God empowers in you, it's noticeable to those who do not share the hope that you have in Christ. As you simply live out your new identity, a baptized child of God filled with His Spirit, imperfectly seeking to put into practice His words and His ways, His fruit will start to stand out in you. And whether you like it or not, or are ready or not, others will notice. What does this hope look like? This hope isn't wishful thinking. It's not just some flimsy feeling that things will somehow get better. This hope gives you the ability to stare down the hardest things of this life and not be ruined by them. The loss of your job or income. A broken relationship. A shattered marriage. A health diagnosis that doesn't look good and seems like there's no way out. As followers of Jesus, do we still face these things? Uh Uh-huh, for sure. But here's what's different. When we face these things, we know that we're not alone. But standing with us, with an ability to see beyond them and even through them, is God himself who says, I've got you. I'm with you. I will carry you through and on the end of this and even into forever I have life with you that isn't defined by any of those brokenness or weakness or any of those attacks that you're enduring so this is what that means this hope that Peter's talking about it lives and works through us in such a way that increasingly it'll stand out in a crowd in an office cubicle, maybe even on a Zoom call. <laughs> the hope that is in you. But notice what he says Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone ask you for the reason for you, hope what you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. I remember when I was younger in my faith, and I was just starting down the pathway of seminary preparation pre-seminary studies and I found some resources that I could get a hold of through you know those book clubs where you could like buy a bunch of books and they'd send them to you at a discount I don't I don't use those anymore but uh, I do everything virtually and digitally but I I found this way to get a bunch of discounted Christian books and one of them was like uh, the book by McDowell evidence that demands a verdict right and I had this whole library of apologetic type books so I could be prepared to counter every answer and every challenge that may come my way and I thought man uh, I'm gonna outsmart people Um, here's what I learned it almost never works I'm not saying it doesn't not saying that rational and intelligent conversation and the logic of deduction can change hearts and minds it has for some but for most people it just piles on and there's more and more and more and here's what I learned Being ready to give an answer for the hope we have isn't ultimately about outsmarting, outlogicking, outmaneuvering the doubts and the uncertainties of whoever we're interacting with. The transformative power when it comes to our story actually isn't about me and it's not about you, but it's the story of God at work in and through you. And when people take notice that you have been with Jesus. And when your relationship with them reaches the point that they're ready to ask that question, you don't need to outsmart them or outmaneuver them. You simply need to let the Spirit speak in and through you with gentleness and respect. And the Spirit of God does the transforming of hearts and minds. Do so out of gentleness and respect, he says. Having a good conscience... So that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Now, this is an interesting part. Earlier today, we led worship over at the Lutheran home. It went very well, by the way. It was before most of the ice was starting. And we had a room, about this many people, and a whole bunch of people watching from their rooms. And what I reflected to them, and I know it's true for you as well, is... In our lifetime, we've seen the culture around us probably take five steps or more to the side, and we find ourselves increasingly on the outside looking in. We find that some of the things we value and cherish the most are not looked upon as favorably as maybe when we grew up. We find maybe that we ourselves may face ridicule for trying to follow the simple words and ways of Jesus. And if you haven't yet, I'm telling you it's probably coming. But here's the thing. Even in this, even in being ridiculed and put to shame for the hope we have in Christ, we're not alone. For, as Peter goes on to say, it's better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will than for doing evil. And what's more, he may not quote it here, but we also have another sure and certain promise from Jesus himself from our gospel reading in Luke chapter 12. He said there, When they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that very hour what to say. See, here's the thing that we also know to be true. When that moment comes where you have an opportunity to speak good news, a word of hope in life, you get to tell your part in the story of Jesus, it's actually a moment for the Holy Spirit to work in and through you. And like we've said, he will do the work of transforming hearts and minds. So that leaves us one one last question before we conclude tonight. You might say, Pastor, well, that's great. If the Holy Spirit's can give me the words, why do I need to think ahead of time? <laughs> good question. Here's the reason why. The Holy Spirit also uses good old-fashioned common sense. And for some of you, in the moment, you won't get frozen and locked in fear, but for others, you might. And so it doesn't hurt, and it certainly helps to begin to think ahead of time, how might I begin to articulate my story? how might I begin to put into words how I see Jesus making a difference in the world? And that's what we're going to invite you to do. We don't expect it to be a quick conclusion, a fast decision. We expect it to take some time. And so we're going to take the whole period of the 40 days of Lent to give you chances to learn about times in Scripture where simple phrases stand for the whole of the gospel story. We'll show you several different examples so that they can kind of prime your pump. And out in the lobby area, both by the Life Center and also here already, you'll see some of our team have already given a first shot at it. So we'll share some examples from the St. Peter community. We'll invite you, if you're ready and willing, to go ahead and let us know what the seven words are that Jesus is stirring up inside of you. And don't worry, you don't have to get it perfect out of the gate. But if you start to work towards this and start to be on the lookout for when God will raise up those opportunities, I'm willing to say he will Bring them soon. And when he does, you will be prepared because you know the Spirit of God is in you and you've also thought about it a little ahead of time to be ready to give witness to that life-changing, transforming story that's captured you, that's brought you to church tonight on a cold, windy, rainy, icy night or joining us from home and is stirring in you now to say, what's my seven words? What's my story? And how can I be ready to give an answer when the opportunity comes my way? Friends, this will be an exciting Lenten journey and we're glad that you are on it. And we look forward to seeing what Jesus will do in and through us in the days, weeks, months, and years to come. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ to resurrection life.